This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, takes to his right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaking for a tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 49ers. 96-yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died, touchdown 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. Click, click, boom! What's going on, Faithfuls? It's your boys Mike and Tony, and we are here to bring you guys another fun-filled episode of Nothing But Niners. The guys, this one's called Reality Check. We're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about the quarterback position, and we'll see where the conversation goes from there. But before we jump into all of that stuff, let me go through these formalities. Then I'm going to find out how my man Tony is doing over there. All right, he's got that nice little background. I see you over there with the wall. But all right, we're going to talk about it, man. But first and foremost, guys, if it's your first time here on the YouTube page, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Turn on your notifications so you know exactly when we're going live. Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Those handles are nothing but nine. That's the number nine, nothing but nine, E-R-S. So make sure you head on over there and follow us. We have Facebook and Twitch. Those handles are nothing but nine. Niners, and last but certainly not least, guys, we have the Patreon page, man. Patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Some new stuff coming to you guys very, very soon, so make sure you're locked in over there. All right, Patreon.com slash NB9ERS. All right, if you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for the shows, even some feedback, shoot us an email, NB9ers at nothingbutniners.com. Again, I am Mike Andrews83. You see it right there. And to my right is my guy, Tony. He is NJ Niner fan 499 on Twitter. Tony. What's going on, man? How you doing? Nah, man. What's going on? It's been a while. Um, yeah, just going to talk some 49er football today. Had a little extra time, so I reached out to Mike, and we set set this up real quick. But this is why you set your alerts. Exactly, man. Got to tell them, have those notifications on. It's not just not just wordplay, right? Alerts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we want we want them to have we want them to have them turned on so they can participate. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat over there. I see you guys up bright and early. I see a couple of West Coast people in there as well. Man, you guys have a level of dedication to this stuff that I don't know if I possess it. I'll catch it on the replay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting up at seven ten in the morning, eight ten and whatever time eight ten over there, right? I don't know if I'm getting up that early. Maybe if I'm laying in bed and like you know. I got YouTube on my TV or something. Maybe I, I guess I could see it that way, right? But, guys, it's going to be a fun one. Tony, I got to start by telling you this, man. So I finally got my hair colored. Where is it? I'm going to find them. Hold on. One, two, three. So it's supposed to be these. 
Did I grab? I got one right. Oh no, I got them both right. Can you see that? Wow, look at that. So I got four kids. I let each kid pick a color, right? So on this side here, we have pink and gold. It's not red and gold, although it looks like it, right? It it's does pink look red. And, gold. and then this side over here is red and blue. All right. So my youngest daughter wanted blue. My son, my oldest son wanted red. And then the two middle girls, my Zara wanted pink. And then my Aria wanted gold. So I finally got my hair colored. And let me tell you, man, this is different. I'm walking in the store the other day and the grocery store. Some of the people know me at the Niners fan. I'm in there. They see the Niners stuff on me all the time and everything. The guy was like, man, are you a Niners fan or are you a Giants fan? I'm like, where did you get this Giants shit And then I realized that on this side, that blue and red are giant colors. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I made a mistake getting these things wrapped together. Maybe I should have just, you know, kind of let them flow freely, you know? Um, have you ever done anything like that, Tony, where it made someone else question if you were a fan of a team other than the Niners? Maybe you wore a color scheme and you didn't realize it. Has that ever happened to you before? Never? No one's ever asked you if you were a different fan of another team. They've asked me if I was a different fan of a different like, like you know, living in New Jersey. People are like, "Oh, you a Jet or a Giant fan?" I'm like, "Neither." <laughs> <laughs> but um, never like color due to colors that I'm wearing. And yeah, when I used to work at Papa John's, uh, obviously I was a delivery driver, and the big days were Sundays. Well, Papa John's uh, pullovers were that hunter green color yeah so you deliver to people's house oh let's go birds and i'm like nah well let me see this tip first maybe i'll birds. give you a high five you know what i'm saying like because the eagles colors that, that hunter green you know so what's happened to me a couple of times but it is what it is man let's go ahead and jump into this man let's talk about some of the latest news surrounding the 49ers uh tony since we last talked a couple of different things have happened but the biggest one right now is that brock purdy's uh surgery has been pushed back due to uh, current inflammation in that elbow. Um, so there's been a ton of speculation. A lot of people are saying that this should have happened weeks ago. Um, uh, he said, she said, is always the worst type of thing. Let's talk about what's really happened. There has been no surgery. They're going to revisit in a little bit. And then there's going to be some kind of surgery. From my understanding, they don't even know what kind of surgery he's supposed to be having because they have to open it up and get in there to see exactly yeah. what it is. What are your thoughts? What have you heard? Uh, and let's talk real deal stuff, not speculation, not try to be the first person to break some news on the story or whatever. What, what you got for us? Yeah, well, the number one thing I want to say is I like how he's, he's put it in the, in, into the hands of the doctor, right? They agreed going in initially that their goal would be to do the uh, less invasive one with the internal brace, which would get him ready to play this season. But he said, you know, depending on what you see, if you feel it needs to be the more – um Tommy John route then do it if you feel like you know why while my arm is open and you see it you feel me you feel like you need to do it, and that's the best option I'm leaving it in your hands which I like that that's smart so you know um as far as like the rumors like you know should it, this have been done earlier you really can't say that because if the elbow's still swollen it's still swollen Right. You can't really, you know, you don't want to go in there while it's still swollen. It's like when you tear your ACL, they won't cut you open until your knee is not swollen anymore. Right. Because that's how I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I believe that's how scar tissue develops. If you go in there while it's still swollen. See here, See, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm good with the way they handled this so far. But I know people are upset about it, but 
I mean, it is what it is. Well, it's because I, I think people are more upset that, oh, there's not going to be a fair competition. So now it feels like the Niners are kind of giving this job away as opposed to, you know, him getting the surgery, being done sooner rather than later, getting it, you know, being able to throw and be up to speed come preseason and they can really go out there and compete. Um, but again, we still aren't 100% certain on what surgery he's actually going to need, from my understanding. Um, right. It all, it all depends on once they open it up. Right. Right. So we're going to have to sit back and see. We're going to have to be a little bit patient here. But what, let's talk about the negatives about that first, and then we'll talk about the positives. What are some of the negatives of being delayed in this process, um, whether it be you know just doing the surgery and the recovery time uh, or even um, competitive advantages that it might create for Trey Lance that uh, Brock Purdy may not now be able to take advantage of? Well, the negative side of it is you're pushing it back, so the date, the, the return date is being pushed back. So it, everything's pushing everything forward. So right. um, that's an issue for the team to prepare for this season. Um, will we have an option to put, to put Brock out there? Is he going to be available? Uh, where's Trey and his recovery? So, again, going into another season with question marks at the quarterback position for this team. It's like just like an ongoing thing. I swear to God. When was the last time we were like certain about the court? I mean, like, was this season the closest one where we were like, all right, this is going to be the guy. And then we lose them like weeks. Like, honestly, when's the last time we were certain? Like, there is no competition. This is the guy. I mean, the Niners literally tried to create a scenario where the fans knew Trey Lance was the guy. They wouldn't even let Jimmy practice. Yeah, and there were still people in the background say, "Oh, well, it is going to be Jimmy's team. He doesn't need to practice. That's why they're letting Trey Lance do all that." Like there were still those people whispering, like that small—I can't call them silent majority or silent yeah. minority—but they were they were loud, and we're like, guys, like they're literally not letting him practice. Like there's no way this is his team. Was this the closest to knowing who our quarterback was going to be coming into a season since Kyle's been here? Um, you're saying that the injury didn't happen. Yeah, like there's if always the injury didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, listen, I'm not knocking Trey the quarterback. I think Trey is a talented kid. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has the tool set. But the unfortunate thing about it is Trey is yet to show nothing. Like he he showed nothing, and it's due to an injury. Um, you know, they went to Jimmy Garoppolo. In my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo should have been gone two years ago. And they should have put this kid on the field when they drafted him. So now we're talking about a potential scenario with him sitting for two years, potentially how right. they feel with the outcome of Brock Purdy. He's going to be sitting for three years. And right. I don't think the competition – I don't think the what they gave up for Trey Lance is the issue because easily in their head they could say, well, you know what, yeah, we gave up that up for that, but we'll just say we gave that up to bring Brock Purdy in and we took Trey in the seventh, sixth round, seventh round. So it's kind of like I, they got a quarterback, whether it's him or whether it's Trey or um, um, uh, Brock Purdy. There's a quarterback there. But unfortunately, the way I see it, and it's not a knock against Trey, Brock did it. Trey is yet to do it. And so with that mindset, I don't know. I, I think Trey does have an advantage. You think Trey has an advantage? Well, oh, no, with, no, I'm with, sorry. Brock has an advantage. I'm sorry. Sorry. Brock has an advantage because we've seen him do it. Exactly. Uh, but Trey has an advantage now because Brock's not available. So, correct. Kind of levels the playing field. I think we're heading to a, a competition. I really do. There's, I, if, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not this type of person. 
But if he gets a Tommy John, they're bringing somebody in. I so I do think they're bringing somebody in regardless. I'm not saying that person. I'm I'm not saying like a lower tier person. I'm get I'm the hell out of here, bro. You gotta you gotta and it's not. It, listen, you gotta look at something, right? The window. Say it. I would. The window's I would. here. I'm not saying I'm a fan for this because honestly, I thought he he didn't look good last year, Brady. I I don't I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do because this team right now is ready to win. And I'm gonna say this straight out, and I'm confident about it. If Brock didn't get hurt versus the Eagles, I think they beat the Eagles and they go. To you love that shit. <laughs> I I think I think they go to the Super Bowl if Brock did not get hurt. I'm sorry. You just saw that offense starting to go, the run game, the passes, and then you know, Kai was setting it up to, to attack the middle of the field because you saw the first pass was the Kittle. And they had no they, there was guys nowhere around him. And he picked up that what 10 or 12 yard gain, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just feel that. If he didn't get hurt, that team would have been in the Super Bowl. They would have beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I do. I just think Brock Purdy, and you want to compare the two, clearly, if you're talking about skill set, athleticism, uh, ability, Trey is better than, you know, than and Brock, you know, arm strength and all that stuff like that. But when the game slows down and the, when the game's going and, and the, the, the game and Brock Purdy's head slows down and he sees it that way. That's the difference between these two guys. Yeah. And, you know, you could wait, wait, wait. so let me just say this, right? So I agree with everything you've said up to that point, right? I don't know what you're about to say. However, Trey Lance can't get to where you see Brock literally until he plays. Why? So why is that such a, like Brock didn't do it before Brock did it. Does that make any sense? Like when Brock Purdy yeah. first got in, in that Miami game, it's his first time playing in the NFL. Like, yes. Nance can't play without playing. I, why is that so, like, why is that such a negative against him, I guess is what I'm saying. Why, why is, like, all of a sudden experience the only reason not to play this guy? You have to look, and, like, I'm going to take it all the way back to the preseason versus the Texans. When Brock came in that game, bro, he brought that team right down the field. He was firing, but, like, you just saw – you just saw it was an easier transition for Brock than it is for Trey. Right, because the massive step in the competition levels, right? I listened to um Peter King with Matt Mayoka this uh, this podcast. Okay, and that was, yeah, yeah, I heard that one. And, and that. Peter King, oh, no, 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 was it Peter King or Greg Cosell? It was both, but the Peter King one, he made a lot of good points. You know, he brought up a point, okay, like, yeah, Trey Lance didn't throw through one interception in his career there, he won all the big games, they, they went undefeated, whatever it was. He goes, but then let's look at Brock Brock Purdy. He played two huge, meaningful games with 100,000-plus fans in the seats. You know, he's been tested against good competition. He has less he's also talent. been benched. Huh? He's also exactly. Been he was also benched twice, so he beat adversity twice to come back and still play a huge part in Iowa State's um, season. Now. Right. Trey's never faced that. Say what's up. Say go go Niners. Go Niners. Go Let's Niners. go, buddy. <laughs> That's what um, I got. So Trey really hasn't had to face that type of adversity, right? Being benched, having a bad game, um, throwing interceptions, benched twice, never mind once. 
Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to put them against each other and play them against each other. What I think is going to happen, and I think this is going to be the scenario. I think Brock Purdy is going to get the Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out for this year. And this is the golden opportunity. It's going to be that serious. It's going to be Tommy John's because they're saying that that's not what they think it is. I think you're Again, talking. We're all speculating. Yeah, I'm just speculating. I'm not saying this is what I know. I, right. My thing is this, right? If you sustain an injury to your moneymaker, a quarterback arm, right? That's his moneymaker. This is what is going to put money in his bank, pay his bills, and provide for his family. I'm I'm not the type of person that's going to go for the half ass. If I'm going to have an operation and fix it. Me personally, I want it done the right way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Because I, now what happens? Puts that brace in, and he gets hit the wrong way, or he there's an issue. He doesn't feel comfortable. Like something's bothering him. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know, but do I think he's going to definitely need it? No, because the whole thing with the Tommy John history is the throwing motion, right? A quarterback yeah. doesn't put – this is the throwing motion for a quarterback. A pitcher, this is the throwing motion. Yeah. See how my how – Elbow my comes in. in. Yeah. Like, it's like a, it's yeah. twisting. Like a, like a so now, yeah, as opposed Tommy to – Tommy John is, is, was created because a pitcher has so much ligament damage to that UCL, it becomes frayed and, and weak. So you really can't just repair it like you're repairing like an ACL, re reattaching it because everything is free. So that's why they do the Tommy John. They put they in, they basically install a whole new ligament in the elbow, and you know with all the therapies and stuff. And that's why all these pitchers come back in their mid to late thirties and they're throwing rockets. But that's pitching. You know, Jake DeHolme said he had the Tommy John surgery, and his arm was good for years after that. Right. So being that Brock Purdy is so young, the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan know what they have in Brock Purdy, right? They know what this kid's ab avail uh, ability is and what he can do in this yeah. offense. Right. You just say, let's do the patchwork or let's just make it happen. Let's repair no, it. You, you, sure you definitely make it happen. Let him sit. He's young enough. He's got enough time on his contract where you can still reap the benefits of having him here. So and I, now I this opens up the door for Trey Lance to have an opportunity. Boom. But this is the issue. The Super Bowl window is the issue with what we just spoke about. We got this right? year and next year. That's it. So now what do you do? This is this is where it gets screwed up. Like it's a mind yeah. game. Okay, yeah. let's protect our investment. Let's see what Trey has. But if Trey struggles – and he's not what we think or hope he is. Can, can we define the struggles that Trey would have to go through to make you concerned? Because there's two different things. Every new quarterback is going to struggle, right? As much praise as all that we have for even Brock Purdy, he was not perfect, right? Correct. We saw some jitters and things like that. Yes. There, there should be struggles that are acceptable for someone without experience. Correct. All right. Yes. So what kind of struggles would you need to see from Trey to say, I don't know if this guy is it? If the struggles, or is it time? If the struggles equal to jeopardizing wins, meaning if it the struggles are putting the team in a difficult position. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yes, 
What's his name? Uh, Brock Purdy had his situ- had his things, right? He had his ups and downs. He left a couple throws on the field. I agree with that. You know, going back and watch it, yeah. But he never put he never put that offense in harm's way, right? Everyone says, well, you know, he had the defense to rely on. You know, Brock Purdy never had to come from behind. That's bullshit because look at the Oakland game. He went blow for blow with that offense. Granted, granted it was Jared Stidham, but, you know, he was still able to what a, keep that offense going. I went back and watched that Raiders game. What a game plan they had to attack our defense. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. They deserve some more credit than what they got. They went toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with us in, like, prime condition, too, by the way. Like, we weren't some injured hobble team limping into this one. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a good 49ers defense and they just went in there and just manipulated the hell out of their, out of those guys. So I was really, really impressed again, kudos to the Raiders uh, team for what they did, knowing that they didn't have their quarterback. Oh man. Wow. All right, but well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. That, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like you have to ask yourself what, like, do they and, and, and like another thing I noticed right away, like the offense doesn't look the same with Trey compared to Brock. And I only I know we have stop. I only I know we had small um, examples of the game, meaning um, like you know he only played what two game two and a half games. The first game was a, a literally a monsoon hurricane, so you really couldn't get a good evaluation of him. But. Um, and shout out to you guys with the super chats. I see you guys. Keep them coming. Uh, we mark them and we go over them all at the end of the show so that we're not interrupted when we're responding to what you guys have to say. Uh, don't think we're ignoring you, but please keep keep them coming and uh, we see them in there. Thank you guys very much. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Tony. So you saw him in the monsoon game. Like it was, it was a bad start. Yeah, it was so start. it wasn't. It's not his fault. I mean, you know, he got the raw deal week one. But the positive side of it is you saw him make plays you saw him make very good throws um but the thing is now we know it's kind of like how do you say this it's kind of like you know what this offense is able to do with with brock and now with brock's injury you're kind of like well could trey do what brock did with this offense like so kyle had two playbooks that he used last year yeah two the trey lance playbook which we saw some of it in arizona we saw some of it in houston we saw some of it in this monsoon game, but it was altered by the weather a little bit, right? Kyle yeah. tried to go out and downplay. Eh, it didn't change too much. It absolutely did. If you were to go out there and say that your game plan for that game was exactly the same, regardless of the weather, you are like, you are insanely lying. Like that's, that, that can't be true, right? So we saw a little bit of it against Arizona. We saw a little bit of it against Houston. Um, and then the other playbook that he was using was the Jimmy Garoppolo playbook. And when we when we transitioned from from Lance to Jimmy, that was a switch of playbook. Now, not in the same game, you know, in the in the in the same game where Trey goes down against Seattle, Jimmy, you got to come in here and you just got to play whatever we can play. Now, the good thing is that there was a lot of people here that had already played with Jimmy. We can call some different plays, but this was the game plan. This is where we're going to attack on the field. This is what we think the, their their defensive weaknesses are, and we can take advantage of them. You're going to have to execute. And Jimmy did that. Then you make a switch. After that, you're going into Denver and you you have to now officially say, all right, this is the Jimmy Garoppolo game plan, not the Trey Lance game plan. So when they go in there and they do that, now you're switching books. You fast forward to the Miami game 
Jimmy goes out, opening drive, gets a field goal after their touchdown. We're trailing 7-3. And then when they make the switch, you insert Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy doesn't have a third playbook. This is the Jimmy Garoppolo game plan. This is the... This is the game management. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the game management game plan that Kyle has for this type of quarterback with the difference being this. Every once in a while, you can take some of those shots downfield. But that had to be earned. That did not come right away. That had to be earned, right? You're a rookie right now. You're Mr. Irrelevant. They're going to come out here and they're going to throw the house at you. Don't worry. Trust the outs. Trust your reads. Get the ball out of your hands quickly. We'll be fine. We'll get through this game. Win or lose, we'll get through this game. He goes out there and he does a phenomenal job against Miami, right? Kyle starts to build up some trust with this kid. This kid is executing what I am envisioning. The shots that are in this playbook that Jimmy wasn't taking, I want you to look for those. And to me, that was the only difference. It was a Trey Lance playbook and it was a Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy playbook. I didn't see three different playbooks. See, I think there is three, and I'm going to tell you why. Because obviously there's the Trey Lance one. And there's the Jimmy one where everything is under 10 to 12 yards in the middle of the field. Remember how many times we see safeties playing inside of 10 yards and then you would see Jimmy drop back and there's three 49ers in between the hashes, you know, five yards apart. That's different than what Trey ran. And that's why I think there was an actual third playbook where everything was more spread out at at, at depths of 5, 10, 15, like levels concepts for Brock Mm -hmm. Purdy. The only thing I will agree with you about with as far as them having a similar playbook is formations, shotgun, under center, stuff right. like that. Well, well, not even moving the pocket. I mean, he he did it with Jimmy a couple times, but Jimmy clearly can't throw while he's on the run. Um, so that's why I think, in my honest opinion, I saw three different playbooks. Now, so what you're I, talking about concepts. I'm talking more about formations. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I would like to see – him put let Trey run more of the Brock Purdy playbook where it's involving rolling out, rolling away, throwing opposite. Like I want to see more of that. I like, you know, listen, Kyle is a genius. You know, he knows what he's doing. He, he, he's got things planned. I mean, for him to go to an NFC championship game, going through three quarterbacks, come on, you got to give the guy credit where he's, where it's due. Um, But I, I just like, if they feel Trey is true is the guy, which I think they I want to believe that they think that he's the guy. But I just feel, and Peter King said this in his interview, he said to freaking Peter King, don't underestimate Brock Purdy. This came from I don't, from think, any, I don't think anyone's underestimating him. No, I'm just saying, like, for Kyle to say that, like, you know, due to the injuries and stuff like that moving forward, because he did an interview after the game, after the after the Miami game, right? And if, if I recall this correctly, he said, you know, Peter King was like, well, are you nervous? What are you going to do? And, and Kyle just said in that little smirk, don't underestimate Brock Purdy. He knew what this kid was, has. I mean, he saw it in practice. He even said at times where, you know, it's he's shredding the defense and he's playing aggressive with them, and they're kind of like getting mad because they Brock Purdy's exposing them. And Brock Purdy goes, Well, then stop me. Like, this is the mindset and the mentality of the, like this type of let me, 
of Brock. Let me let me ask you this question. You get this is we weren't planning on discussing this at all, but this is where we are, right? Who do you think affects Kyle's playbook more? His affects quarterback? Play. Oh. Huh? oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you two two different positions. His his offensive play calling more. His quarterback or his running backs. Now we're talking. That can go now we're getting somewhere. Now this is a conversation. That can go both ways, though. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That can go both ways. That's a tough, that's a tough that's that's tough to answer right now. Exactly. Because the evaluation of Trey, he didn't have McCaffrey. Now, with McCaffrey, does that change Kyle's call sheet with Trey? We know what it's going to be like with Brock. We we we've yes we've seen it with Brock, right? We also saw Jimmy without, and then Jimmy with McCaffrey. They were different. They were yes, they were used, they were different. And then we even saw running game. back, and then he used him as a receiver too. He would line him up in like a quick slot, a slot, a quick slant out of the slot. So. And and then there was still a there was another game where it was Jimmy, was it Jimmy, or was that Brock, uh, with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. And so I think that I think I think that was the Chargers game. Who was the quarterback in that game? I believe that was the Chargers. But I'm almost I'm almost willing to say that the running backs dictate how the quarterbacks have to play. I think. I, I think I'm I'm willing to go on that ledge. Yeah. That's interesting. That's why that's why this offseason is going to be so exciting, Tony. Like, because we think we have this idea of what Trey Lance is, right? And I honestly think that we we don't know what Trey Lance plus CMC is. Yeah. I don't think we know what Trey Lance plus CMC plus George George uh Kittle is either. We haven't seen that trio on the field at all. I don't even know. I don't. I don't think George Kittle played with Trey Lance this season. Yeah. I think Kittle missed the first couple of weeks. So uh, it's like we 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 just don't know. And what were were things put more on his shoulders because those guys, those type, those caliber players weren't there. Um, and I and that's why I, I want to go back and and watch that Arizona game. I want to know who was in and who wasn't in, because that was a that was a really really run heavy game for a quarterback that Kyle hasn't called. Since he's been here, he didn't do that with, he didn't do that with uh, uh, Nick Mullins. He didn't do that with Bethard, right? That was a very, very unique situation. I want to see who the running backs were in that game, and then I want to go back to Houston and look at the same thing. So uh, it's it, that's fun. Let's talk about protecting the uh, those quarterbacks really. Quick. Actually, before we do, I do want to play these videos really quick. Um, the media is going on a tear. 49ers media, national media. It, it it seems like there's almost this uh there's this um message that's we have to get this out to everybody. This is Purdy's team, Lance has to earn it back. Right? I've even heard someone say, you don't lose your job to injury, so he's gonna be given that position back when he comes back. And I'm like, well, who the hell are they talking about? Because Lance lost his job to injury. And they were like, So this is definitely Purdy's team when he comes back. And I was like, Well, I thought you just said you don't lose your job to injury. We have seen Debo 
go out there and say, yeah, I think it's going to be Brock. I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens. We have seen Kittle say, this is Brock's team, blah, 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 blah. We have heard Lance come out and say, uh, I don't want to be given anything. I, I hope it's a competition. You know, that, that can only bring out the best in both of us. I don't want to be given anything. Uh, so I hope he heals up and we can get out there and we can bring out the best in each other, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't hear anyone saying, this is Trey's team. Doesn't mean that those guys don't believe in him. And that's the narrative that Niners media, Niners Twitter, Niners Facebook is trying to say. There's a big difference between saying who you think should be the starter and who you support. I want you guys to hear this clip. This is a, uh, something from Rich Eisen. Um, I, I did tweet this earlier, uh, but this is a video, uh, just a small clip of Rich Eisen talking with Debo Samuel. I want you guys to take a listen here. It's only a couple of seconds. Check this out. So if this winds up to be Trey's team again, you are you think you can win the championship next year? Yeah, no, yes, sir. Pretty cut and dry, right? Were you guys able to hear that? Could you guys hear that? If it ends up being Trey Lance's team next year, not do you think you can win, do you think you can win a championship with him? It's like, oh, oh yes, sir. Like, I'll play it again because it was a very, very short clip. I just want you guys to hear this. So if this winds up to be Trey's team again, you are you think you can win the championship next year? Yeah, no, yes, sir. All right. My point with that is these guys are going to play with whoever is back there. And I honestly believe they're comfortable with whoever is back there. They know that when this roster is healthy, they are tough to deal with. What did you, could you possibly take anything else away from that, Tony? I mean, the only thing I would say, I agree with you, but the only thing I would say is he was kind of like, he just wanted to just answer it and move on. He didn't want to, because it was very like quick and short, like boom, that was it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. And that was it. Well, he, he asked him a very direct question. Yeah. If well, like, you know, being his like, team. You know, he, he could have said, you know, we have confidence in Trey. We have confidence in both guys, blah, 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 blah. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Like, I kind of feel like he don't want to go that way. Like, I, he, he answered it politely. It's good. Yeah, yes, sir. I've He just said, yeah, yes, sir. And that was it. Like, there's no, like, we believe in Trey. We believe in Brock. Either one of them, we feel confident in. It was just, yeah, yes, sir. That's it. I'm glad you said that. Now watch this part. So you think it will be a quarterback competition? Purdy yeah, comes back for sure. Healthy. It's going to be one. Kyle just don't hand nobody the job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. I appreciate you coming here. That's it. The guys don't care because they know that whoever emerges from that competition is going to give them a better shot than the other guy. I but think the problem is that in this kind of pit, one quarterback against the other guy, like we don't have to do that. We, we don't have to do that. It's going to be a competition. Kyle's not going to hand the position to anybody, and we're going to come out here and see who, who emerges. This is the downside of this. Um, it's not big. It's not a major issue. I just feel like if they don't feel that momentum and that confidence on that side of the ball, we're trained there. I think it could be – everything's good right now, but – Week five, six, seven into the season. If you're not seeing that 30 plus points a game that Brock's been doing, you know, and it's, I'm not even talking about the defense. I'm just talking about straight from the offensive side of the ball. If you're not seeing that production, if it goes back to the 14 points a game, <clears throat> 17 points a game, 20 points a game, you might see that change of thought. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. We don't know. It's so hard to evaluate.
I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And shout out to our guy, Troy, watching from uh, his, his situation and circumstances, man. Troy, we appreciate the continued support, man. He, he takes nothing but Niners with him everywhere, man. So yeah. uh, prayers and thoughts are with you, Troy, man. Thanks for, thanks for the support. Get some man. rest, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a long off season, man. So take it easy. All right. Um, all right. Let's talk about protecting these quarterbacks. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about it, man. Um, I know a lot of people want to jump into the draft. Draft, 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 draft. And I get that. I hear it. I can't do it because, unfortunately, the draft is at the end of April. But in the middle of March, first, exactly, in the middle of March is when free agency kicks off, and that will affect what you plan on drafting. I'm sorry, but it does. So let's talk about this, man. There's two positions on this 49ers offensive line. Regardless of who was back there under center, there's two positions that we have to shore up right now. It can come from within or can come from a free agent. I want to talk about it, man. Let's start with the right tackle. Tony, how how would you address it? There are some right tackles. Well, let me not say right. There are some tackles available in this free agency period uh, that are going to get some people's attention. Um, but are any of them better than what's walking out of the door? Let's start there. Mike McGlinchey is uh, is heading into free agency for his first time in his career. And um, I'm, I'm asking you straight up, of the tackles that are out there at right tackle, who do you think is better? Well, unfortunately, because of the right tackle, and I'm going to keep this to the right tackle because I'm not playing the yeah. flapperoo at this point in their careers. Um, yeah. When it comes to the right tackle spot, unfortunately, Mike McGlinchey is the best tackle on the free agent market, right or left. So that's an issue. You have tons of teams that could use a right tackle. You have tons of teams that run the Shanahan philosophy in their offense. So that spells a recipe for disaster. Now, I don't think in this takeaway, Mike McGlinchey is the player. Well, you have to equal the player. He's an excellent run blocker. His weakness is clearly in pass protection. Um, You know, his mental lapses at times are an issue. Would I like to have him back and keep that line in unison and, you know, continue to progress forward? Sure. But nowhere near the price that he's going to command on that market. That's my opinion. I feel Mike McGlinch is not a $15 million tackle. That's just my, my opinion. I also feel with the way this roster is structured, you cannot have, afford to have a 20 plus million dollar left tackle and a 15 plus million dollar right tackle and then and then have only four defensive linemen under contract. It, you can't operate that way. Okay? Um people are bashing the 49ers for philosophy and how they dedicate a percentage of the cap for their offensive line and a percentage of the cap, stop it Anthony, a percentage of the cap to their defensive line. Well, when you only have four under contract for your defensive line, and you added all these pieces and young players and draft capital and undrafted free agents to your offensive line, and everyone praises Chris Forster as an offensive line coach, sometimes you need to go that route and go the cheaper option. Okay? Like that. Clearly, clearly this team has a major issue on their defensive line. Okay? okay? Other than Nick Bosa, the highest sack total was five. That's an issue. Okay? Now, credit to Philly, 
they had double-digit sacks across the board on their starters, except for McCoy. I think he had nine. Um, so with that being said, I do think, unfortunately, McGlinchey goes elsewhere and commands, a, a, you know, his, and gets a big payday, which, you know, it's a business, right? You have to do that. You have to worry about yourself. Um, I don't see McGlinchey taking less to stay in San Francisco, especially with the taxes in San Francisco, uh, California are ridiculous. And he can go to like a Miami, he can go to a Houston, he can go to a Chicago where the state taxes are less. Um, if not, there is none. So there's a lot of negative right now as far as the Mike McGlinchey situation. And I think it's because of the money that he's going to demand. And I don't think he comes back. So now, Anthony, I'm doing something. All right. Just relax five minutes. So now if you take a look at the list, who do you have as right tackles? Fant. Well, I, I got McGlinchey. George Fant. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry. You got Fant, McGlinchey, Billy Turner, Jawan James, Jawan Taylor, Quisenberry, Wells, I, I, whatever. The rest of the guys, right? Elmanor, yeah. If now, any... if you're asking me, you have <laughs> McKivitz. You have McKivitz. <clears throat> you drafted Zakel, where they're going to play him. You drafted Burford, who was originally a tackle. Well, so the 49ers have one or two options. Stop. Wait, there's somebody else also. What happened to Jalen Moore? No, Jaylen I don't either. But this is what okay. I'm just trying to get at, right? It's clear and evident that Jalen Moore struggled as a tackle with speed off the edge. Now, Burford, who's more athletic than Jalen Moore, is it possible? Because when we drafted him last year, I said, I said, I think the 49ers drafted the tackle to replace McGlinchey. And if you look at the transition, he was originally a left tackle who played some right, but mainly left at uh, Utah, Texas, uh, San Antonio, whatever it is. Um, so what did the 49ers do? He showed up in camp. He showed his ability. They inserted him on guard to help his transition from the left side to the right side to now get his footwork down to become a right-handed dominant player. So the next step, is this a possibility where Burford get kicked out to the right side? They stay at home with what they got, and they insert a Zakel, a Poe, or they sign a lower-tier guard, potentially a Brunskill they bring back, and insert him at the right guard spot. We don't know. Or even Jalen Moore. Maybe Jalen Moore gets a, a shot at right guard. We don't know. But there's a lot of things moving piecewise on this mm -hmm. offensive line. I do trust Chris Forrester because he took Burford and got him ready. Last year, we all talked about what? Everyone was worried about Brendel. Brendel gave up one sack, made the Pro Bowl as an alternate. Right. Okay? Let's not forget about this. Nobody wanted him, and he played well. So I don't question Forrester's ability to take somebody, groom them, get them ready, and insert them. Look at Aaron Banks, right? This is a similar situation with Lakin Tomlinson. Everybody said, we can't afford to lose Lakin Thompson. Well, Lakin Thompson got the bag, went to the Jets, and had a down season. So I see this as a potential. They stick, they have Banks, they have Trent, Banks, stop, will you? Banks, the center position, they can bring back Brendel. They can go a cheaper, they can go to a free agent route. They can, I don't think they'll draft somebody and put them in this year. Right. But the guard spot, you can see Jalen Moore. You can see Brunskill. You can see Burford. The right tackle spot, you can see McKibbins, Burford, potentially Jalen Moore. Um, 
a free agent that I would like to bring in that's very overlooked. Would you stop? I'm going to kick your butt. Um, Billy Turner. I have no problem putting Billy Turner in a right tackle. He played in this system from Green Bay. He played in the system with Denver. I don't have a problem with it. He's like 78 years old, bro. 32. 32 years old. I don't have a problem with inserting somebody like him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think this team goes balls to the wall and invests big money in a right tackle. I don't. Yeah. Right? There's one yeah, person that's good at both things. Right? Trent Williams could run, uh, run block and pass block. Other than that, there's not a lot of tackles that could do both. Now everyone's quick to jump on the Tyler Lewan, uh thing. He played 20-something games, 20-something, 30 games out of 60 games. I don't want that. I don't. Yeah. It's not a knock against him. We don't need that. We need consistency. And all for right. this team, and this is a fact I just want to tell you, for this team to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, and, I'm sorry, NFC Championship game, with Tom Compton as your right tackle. Oh, you're taking it back. Okay, I see what you're doing. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Everyone wants to bring in the kids from Jacksonville, right? But Jacksonville, they don't have a state tax there. They don't have to pay this kid as much to keep him there. In order to come right. to San Francisco, you got to add three to five million more a year to make mm -hmm. this kid equal to Jacksonville's pay. I can't see the 49ers doing that unless right. he's willing to take minimal for the first year. Hey, weren't you saying that you think Moore might be better suited as a guard anyway? Yes, I do. So I do. The, the guard that we had playing right might be better suited for right tackle, and the guy that we had playing tackle might be better suited for guard. This will be his third year in the system. Do we see that kind of line? Do we see a Burford Moore? And then the center. That's the other question. That's the other question that we want to tackle here. Um, it's interesting. It's going to be a very, very interesting season. We're uh, preseason. Those reps are going to be watched with a fine tooth comb. We're going to watch how they mix them all up, especially on that right side of the line. But it starts at the center as well. Um, I'm going to ask you this. I, I, you know, I just asked you a couple minutes ago uh, who dictate who dictates which position dictates the offense uh, design and play calling more the quarterback or the running back, we kind of came to a stalemate there. Mike, just give me one second. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of went to a stalemate there. So what I'm going to ask Tony when he comes back is um, the center position. Is that more important than the right tackle position in a Kyle Shanahan-led offense? Uh, oftentimes we, we see the drop-off of the entire offensive line when we don't have a good center in. When we have a guy that just can't, you know, call out the assignments, can't call out the protections and things like that. We've seen the offensive line production drop when the only player that's different is the center. With the flip side, we have seen good centers stay in while we lose even both tackles. And the offensive line plays just fine. I'm wondering if the importance of the center in Kyle Shanahan's system is being underrated. Um, it's it's communication. It's, it's calling out assignments and all that and i'm just wondering if that may be the bigger need that people are overlooking they're not going to warrant the most money on the market but could that be the most important position on the offensive line to get uh taken care of this coming off season
And if we're looking at the center position, there are some guys that are out there that I think the Niners might actually be able to take a crack at. I really, really do. So when Tony comes back, that's what we'll discuss. We'll see what his thoughts are on it all. Uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I know he said he needed a minute. I'm just looking at my list now of my centers that are free agents. There's some there's some guys on here. There are some guys on here. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, and don't forget, Jake Brindell is a guy that could be brought back, guys. He's only 30 years old right now. Uh, oh, Tony, you're back. I didn't even know you were back. My bad. That's good. Sorry about that. So my question is basically this. We talked about which affects the offense more, the quarterback or the running back. When it asked that same exact question, the center or the right tackle. And my 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 thing was uh, we've seen games where both tackles and the guards are all the same, but we switch out centers and the offensive line doesn't play as well as its normal standards. We've also seen the exact opposite where both tackles are out, but the center is in and the offensive line plays just fine that game. Which position do you think is going to affect the way we play more this year, the center or the right tackle? What's more important to get if you had to spend money at on one of these, which one would you spend the more money on to secure the right guy? Oh God. Um Mike is in his bag, y'all. I'm patting myself on the back. Y'all don't y'all don't see it over here, but I'm patting myself on the I'm back. I'm gonna say I don't know. <laughs> um mm. all right, let's look let's look at the history of the 49ers, right? What do they do every year when they have to make a decision on a free agent? A player that's on there, that was a starter as a free agent. The previous year they draft their replacements, right? Aaron Banks, Lincoln Tomlinson. Do we see a potential Nick Zakel, uh, Jake Brendel to Nick Zakel? Do you see a potential Jake Brendel to Paul? Um, and Donovan a- West is playing today. Don't forget, huh? Donovan West, he was someone that the Niners picked up. He's playing today, also. Yeah, I mean, you know. In the XFL, close the door on him, but you know they they released him. They paid him a nice a chunk of change too, and I'm I'm interested to see if <clears throat> they bring him back for camp. I'm really interested to see that because what they're doing now is they're using this league as a developmental league. Yep, for guys mm-hmm. that you know undrafted free agents trying to get reps and trying to make an opportunity and. Which he played, he played for the Vegas Vipers. If you guys want to watch tonight uh, at seven o'clock, it'll be on ESPN. So, which I don't have an issue with. I'm sorry, FX or ESPN Plus. I apologize. Sorry, I don't have an issue with with them doing this because he's, um, you know, he needs work. He needs he needs work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He needs reps, and you're not going to get that sitting on the bench or sitting in the practice squad or something like that. You're getting live game reps. And you're going to make an opportunity for yourself going forward. So that would be interesting to see if they bring him in. Stop, and if they bring him in once camp time starts, because I'm going to tell you right now, off the top of my head, I think they only have 40 people under contract, 44 under contract right now. I think, and that's, that's off the top actually of that's actually pretty high. If that's the case, that's a, that's that's not a that's not a bad number. Because I think they got Marcelino Ball back, so that I think it was 40. They added the 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 uh, future. Free agents, the uh, they signed to the future reserve deals, so that upped it to like forty five, maybe I think with Marcelino Ball. But I think they have what eleven draft picks. They're going to be very active in undrafted free agency. They're going to stockpile this roster again. So the draft part of it, I'm really excited for, and I actually, 
you know, I mentioned to you what I thought we should all do, all get together for that day three, because I think that day three is going to be fireworks for this team. But we'll talk about that. Sport, they, have, they have 49 players. How about that? Uh, counting the futures in the reserves, they have yeah. 49 players right now. So take off 12. All right, that takes you down to 37. And take off one, so they have 36. With $8 million in cap space. That's not good, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, you know, could I see them investing, maybe bringing in a uh, – what was that? The guy Bradbury, I think, from Minnesota, who is a zone center, a Connor McGovern from the Jets. I know Breezy mentioned him. He likes him a lot. Um, a Bradley Bozerman from Carolina, more bigger physical center. And uh, an Ethan Pot, Pot, Potsick from mm -hmm. Cleveland. We, you know, 49ers fans should recognize his name. He was formerly a Seattle Seahawk. So, well, well, let me ask this question. Yes. What's wrong with J bringing Jake Brat back? You could, but again, it's. He's only 30. Correct. I don't have a problem with the age. I don't have a problem with that because he didn't play a lot. He sat the majority of his career. He was a backup. He was a journeyman. That's fine. But everything I think, Mike, is going to come down to the dollar. Right. If you have a team giving him a three year deal for thirty million dollars at ten million a year, I don't think the nobody's giving him that. He, he's not. I'm just work. saying hypothetically. Listen, they could, but they could structure where year one he makes three and a half million, and then with team options after year one. So when they announce the contract, wow, it's three years, thirty million, but really it's a one year, three million dollar deal. You know what I'm saying? Like the majority of these guys. Look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr just signed an extension last year with the Raiders, but they cut him, and it doesn't cost them nothing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So it's absolutely. the phantom money. Like it shows you how they do that. So I think the 49ers are going to invest in the offensive line. I think they're going to invest in the defensive line. I think this offseason is to rebuild the trenches for the for, rebuild, retool. Um, so before we uh, before we get up get off of this uh, episode here, I do want to ask you um, if there is a a veteran quarterback that you might be interested in bringing in. Um, let's pretend Lance is available all off season. Let's pretend that uh, Purdy will be available come week one. You got your two guys. You know one's the starter, one's the backup. But we need a veteran presence. Uh, what name on this list, what name of pending free agent quarterbacks would you go after as a depth guy, as a teacher? Like, what, what are you doing here? Well, if you're bringing – honestly, I think they bring four or five quarterbacks in, to be honest with you. I mm -hmm. think they go in with Pur – Purdy has the um, in interior the, the interior brace put on. Um, that, you know, less invasive uh, technique performed. Um, and Lance is good to go. I think they bring in somebody – you know, I, you hear the name Jacoby Brissett. You hear the Andy Daltons. You hear those names, potentially Taylor Heineke's. Um, I, you know, Sudfeld. I'm looking at the list right now. But you know what? I got to be honest with you. I was pretty damn impressed with Jared Stidham. That's somebody I would like to bring in. I had a feeling you're going to say that. I was pretty that impressed with him. And my other guy would be Sam Darnold. Bring him in. If he's not going to be signed within the first week of free agency, 
That means no team's in. That, that doesn't mean a team's in on him as a starter. So now he's going to relinquish to a backup role. And I don't have a problem bringing in Sam Darnold, a Stidham. I like, listen, Stidham played a hell of a game versus his defense. I'm sorry. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, I would bring him in. Those what would a guy like Tyler Huntley do in the system? Tyler think, Huntley? Yeah. The Ravens back up. Well, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a Gregor Roman offense he played in. So it's, it's tough, different. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's not, yeah. it's more free reign. And he's not going to get free reign in, in Kyle's offense. Right. Another right. guy, like another dark, you know, sleeper. Don't you say I, Nick Mullins. I swear no, to God. You no, no, no. I would give Mike White a call. Give him a shot. Okay. I like what Mike White did with the Jets. Okay. But All imagine right. this count, imagine the skill set positions that he has when what would, would have in San Francisco. Right. It's not going to be all on his shoulders. No, I'm I'm not mad at that at all. I, I, I wouldn't be upset with a with a Mike White uh comp coming in here, you know. Uh that wouldn't bother me at all. Um I honestly I, what do you think about Jeff Driscoll making his return to San Francisco? Let's go, Jeff. Big Mike, Jeff. Oh, I think man. they bring in two quarterbacks from the draft. I think they could potentially draft one if they find one lurking, like in the bottom of the draft. And I think they sign one. If they don't draft one, I think they definitely sign two. And they bring in All a right. veteran, and they go in with five. All right. Let's do these super chats, man. We'll wrap this thing up here. Uh, we're we're uh, closing in on the hour mark. It's been a fun episode here. I told you guys we were going to get to the super chats, um, and I never forget, man. I, you know one thing I did forget to do, though? forgot to take off that latest 49ers rumors banner. So, all right, here we go. We got the super chats here. Thank you guys for your participation in today's show so far. All right. Um, Black Caesar says, Trey didn't have the full deck to play with like Brock did. Niners' identity still was in question at the start of the season. Time will tell with Trey. I like this. This isn't a yeah. pro-Trey tweet. This isn't an a anti-Trey tweet. This isn't a pro or anti-Brock tweet. This was just stating, for lack of a better term, the obvious. This was making a very good, astute observation, right? This is, look, regardless of what we think Trey is, we haven't seen him with the star power, you know, that we've seen Brock with. And time will tell. Yes, and, and I completely agree with that. What are your thoughts on this comment here, Tony? No, I agree with it. I mean, listen, he's got the full arsenal. Let's see what he could do now. He didn't have the full arsenal then. Didn't have Kittle. Didn't have McCaffrey. Um, you know, the offensive line wasn't playing at a high level. He's getting a new offensive line now. Well, potentially a two spots. So we're going to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to click that. Uh Javier Reyes, thanks for the super chat here. Uh, he says, I love Trey. I want him to succeed, but I believe this is his last chance. We can say he has had, he has only had one year, but that's on himself to stay healthy. Kyle's system works. Now we need Trey to step up. I see his big playability, but needs more consistency. This is also a really, really good comment here. I like this. Um, the only thing that would have been better is if, Never mind. I'm not going to nitpick, but I got I got the gist of it here, Tony. I'll let you respond first here. Um, what What are your takeaways from this? This is a phenomenal comment here. Yeah, no, I appreciate the the contribute contribution. Um, but you know what I want to see with Trey, I, I just want to see him. I want to see the offense catch rhythm and go. I don't want to see it be choppy. Um, yes, he has the big play ability. He does. 
right? But going back, we watched. I I, I posted one, a, a play up. Um, I forgot what game it was. Someone posted a Twitter tweet on Twitter that's it was every throw in one game for Trey Lance. I think it was versus the Texans. And you see the flashes. You see, like, all right, here we go. We got it. Let's go, Trey. But then you see the mm, – what was he doing there? The inconsistency. I want to see the inconsistency take a step to the side and just see him go. Um, you know, people are riding Kyle for the design runs. Not for nothing. Philadelphia did design runs with Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl multiple times. No one's saying shit about that. Now, is Jalen Hurts faster than Trey Lance? Sure, we could talk about that. But if it's okay for Philly to do it, why is it a problem for Kyle to do it? That play that he got hurt, that could have been Mitchell. That could have been McCaffrey. That could have been Debo. It was a freak tackle where his foot got caught and the body rolled over the ankle. That's it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like the kid was running into the wall, consistently banging his head, broke his collarbone, concussion, he's, his career's in jeopardy. No. This is a play that the same type of play that Tony Pollard got hurt on versus the 49ers. Same type of play, same type of tackle. They rolled the ankle. They rolled on the ankle. The ankle got caught, and it fractured. Yeah. So yep. please, let's back off with blaming Kyle and continue running dialed-up scheme runs for him. This kid did this in his career at North Dakota State and got him drafted number three overall. But now it's an issue because he got hurt. Come on. Right, right, right. I think you go after a player with his his uh, physical attributes because you've seen them work before. Now you want to know if you can replicate that in the yes. NFL. That's, what, that's part of what makes him special. Anyone yes. who doesn't see it that way, like if you want him to just stand in the, in the pocket and just deliver all day, and guys, guess what? We should have drafted Mac Jones if he- I can't see you. Or 11 before we moved up. Like, we should have just stayed put and got Mac Jones if that's what you guys are really looking for. So it it can't be – you can't play both sides of it. You can't play both sides. Um, But, yeah, I completely agree. I'm going to read this one more time. I love Trey. I want him to succeed, but I believe this is his last chance. This is kind of what I wanted to focus on. Um, I wanted to know if Tony felt if, if for whatever reason, Trey Lance bombs this season, if he bombs this offseason, is this his last chance with the 49ers? Let me be very clear what I'm saying. With the 49ers. Um, this will be his third offseason now here, um, which of which he will have participated in all three. Mm-hmm. So I me, think it could be issue for Trey in San Francisco, especially yeah. with the way Brock Purdy played last year. Yeah. And they know what they have in Brock. That's the problem, right? Now, people are going to say, well, Kyle needs to get his Mahomes. I don't think Kyle really needs Mahomes to have success and to win a Super Bowl. Would it be nice? Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not nice. It would be it would be great, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to have Trent, Trent Williams playing left tackle. You're not going to have Nick Bosa rushing the passer. You're going to have one or the other. You probably won't be able to keep a Kittle. You probably won't be able to keep a Warner or a Greenlaw or a Warner. Like, like you're, you're not going to be able to have a $50 million quarterback and right. then keep all the nice pieces that you have with it, right? Yeah. So – can he win with Brock Purdy? Yes, he can. But it's going to be so much easier because of what you're able to keep because you have a quarterback that's on a rookie deal. Or even if he 
when they sign him to an extension, $25, $30 million, that's $20 million less than Mahomes. Right? Now, here's the serious question. Let's just say they go to the Super Bowl and they win it with Purdy. What are we talking about now? Okay, with Purdy. I still think it would have been the same conversation, my personal opinion. I really, really do. Would Purdy win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I I said that weeks before the playoffs. I, I said it I said it way back then, and I I'm sticking to it. I still think it would have been a quarterback competition. I think that um I'm not I, I just don't I don't see them giving up all that for Lance, believing that he's the guy so much so that you were trying to actively get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo to just say, Oh, okay, this kid came in here and now we don't like need to even consider any I don't I don't think it plays out that way. That's so tough. I think I think if you're in a game, you're expecting to win it. Right. I tell you what, you want to see you want to see people throw heat at Shanahan. It'll be in an abundance if they sit. If they would have won the Super Bowl with Purdy, and they sit Purdy for Lance, oh. shouldn't that tell everybody the same thing? Shouldn't the message be, "Yeah, we did that with him. We can do more with this guy." Then, like that's what I don't understand. Why do we think we know better than the people in the building? If that were to happen, is what I'm, I'm only going with the uh, hypothetical that you just gave me. We yeah. win the Super Bowl with Purdy, and then the next season, Purdy's on the bench, and it's Lance time. One, it wouldn't be the first time a quarterback has done that. But two, shouldn't we trust the those guys more than what we see? That means that whatever they think they got in this other person has to be that much more special. Yeah, but now you're talking about, right, you have someone that proved it, and now you're going to somebody who hasn't proved it because of injury, right? So now what do you do? All right, let's throw Trey out there. And it doesn't start off good. And it's not a good start to the season. The offense isn't firing like it was in the playoffs into the Super Bowl if they want it, whatever. This is all hypothetical. But this, these are things that you need to discuss because I understand what we gave up for Trey. But if this offense does, doesn't do it, and like he said this year, if um, you, you need right, Trey to stamp him, is this his last chance? Right. Guess what? Next year you've got to make a decision on his fifth-year option. Exactly. And that's why I think it could be one of his last so one now, of his last one of his last chances to be given the starting position. Yes, I think so. I do. So now you move on from Trey and that's it. The trade, the Trey Lance era is over in San Francisco. But if you were able to grab somebody with the last pick in the draft that got you to a Super <coughs> screw it, got you to an NFC championship game. And the only reason why they lost that game is because he got hurt. Right? Because he got hurt. And the offense has never been so efficient under Kyle Shanahan with any other quarterback here except for Brock Purdy. That's the, that's the main issue here, right? You're going from the known to the unknown. That's like saying, shit. You know see, what? <coughs> do I want to play devil's advocate right now? Or do I just want to? I'm just going to let it go. Never mind. What? No, no, it's it's all right because it's it's. Look, I I don't want you to respond to. It. I'm just going to say it because I hate when people do that to me, right? This offense never looked as good without Christian McCaffrey either. Like, True. there's contributing True. factors to it, but I don't I don't want us to because that's another 20 minute conversation. We can do that an, another time. You know what I mean? Um, but we do. We I think we both agree that if Lance somehow struggles or falls flat, this could be his last chance. Yeah. Uh, to really prove himself here here 
with the 49ers. Not so much in the NFL. I do think that there's a lot of teams that saw something in him, and they'll they'll take a flyer on this kid for sure. Uh, but I think that this could be one of his last chances, and specifically because we are one of those teams where we have a window. We talked about it earlier. This is a two-year window. We have to go out there and really like step take our take our big step forward here. So uh, I, th- I think it's time to do that. Um, and then that's really it. Stay healthy. Kyle's system works now. We need uh, we need Trey to step up. I see his big playability, but he needs more consistency. And the only way he gets consistency is with playing. I mean, that's that's basically it. Uh, we have two more super chats here that I saw. I'm going to go through and look and see if there's any more. Uh, Sin has a really good question here. What specifically? Should Trey be working on this offseason? There's a lot of people saying he needs more work, he needs more time. Said, I'm going to tell you right now, for those people, there is nothing he can work on that's going to help. People just need to see him play. That's what it is. He's got to put it on the field. That's it. There's no – he has more than enough time for the mental side of the game, knowing the playbook, knowing the checks, knowing the calls, knowing the reads, knowing all of that. That is done. Mm -hmm. There should be no problem with the mental side of the game for him the issue is he's got to transition his game at the nfl level with this team with yeah. the mccaffrey's the kittles the debo the iu the jennings the mcleod all those guys it has to translate on the field today i mean yep. this year yeah if it doesn't then there's an issue we've seen we've seen the good too i'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah we've seen the goods we've seen the bads right we've seen the pocket presence where I, I there's been times where I thought Trey Lance was going to get blasted from behind. Yeah. He just felt it and just he takes off. He's like, got good pocket awareness. I will tell you that. He does. Very good. Right. But my thing with Trey Lance, my biggest pet peeve with him, right? He'll make the hardest throws look easy, but then he misses the layup. <laughs> he will miss a guy wide open in the flat and sail it over his head. Yeah. How? Because it, sometimes you see something that's like, this is too good to be true, and then you make yourself nervous. You're you're overthinking in that moment. It's got to be well, second the nature. The that he made to Ayuk on that sideline versus Arizona, he put that between two defenders in only one spot where one person could catch the ball. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm dead serious. There was two Cardinal defenders surrounding him. There was over the top and under coverage, and he put it right where only he could catch it. Amazing. But then he sails one over the guy's head wide open in the flat for an interception. And that was the Houston Texan game. Yeah. It was yep. Kittle right over. <laughs> boop, picked. Yeah. And then th- that same game is also where you see Debo in the middle of three guys. He dropped like rainbows it right over him. Debo yeah. stops, let the defender run by, easy touchdown. Right. Yep. And that's that's kind of my point, Sin, right? I think this is Tony's point also. We've seen the goods and the bads. It's time for consistency. He needs and to be a more consistent thrower. That's it. We just we gotta see. We ha- it's just it's just question marks. It's literally just question marks, and we need to get the answers to it. It's not about ability. We know that he's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's got this, he's got that. Now we just gotta see him put it together and stay consistent. Um, if I had to pick one thing for him to work on, I'm not even I can't even say his checkdowns, right? Like Maybe maybe learn to throw softer. That was a problem that Colin Kaepernick had also, right? The short pass, he's putting too much heat on him. Like, bro, like, chill out. Get, just give me the ball. Because he had me... a pitcher. He had a he threw like a pitcher, Colin. Right. That was the problem with him. Right. It and was so, wind up and cut it. Let it rip. Yeah. I, I If I had to try to just pick one attribute, one physical attribute to, uh, for, for Lance, I don't know what it would be. I would like him to stop trying to take on nfl size players uh, with his body, with his shoulder, you know, running and – I went back. It's, 
like I just don't like seeing him lower his head and thinking that he's going to get that first down. He'll he'll get to that marker and think, oh, it's just one more yard. I got this. And then he hits a wall and bounces backwards. Like, stop doing that. But that's not an attribute. That's a decision. And that comes with experience. So I I, th- I don't think I can narrow it down to one thing that he should be working on this offseason. Just get healthy. That's the biggest thing. Get healthy and be ready. When they call your number, get out there and work. That's it. That, that's all I got. Uh, anything else you want to add to Sin's comment before we move on to Sean? No, we're good. All right. Sean says, you think Elijah, he's talking about, I think Mitchell, you think Elijah Mitchell is going to be a glorified breeder, except with ext- with an extremely fragile body. Let's start there really quick. Because Matt Breida already had an extremely fragile body. Are you, are you saying that you think that <laughs> Elijah Mitchell is even more injury prone than Breida? And I let me tell you, Elijah Mitchell wishes he had Breida's speed. He, oh, it's, not, it's not even close. He's a lot bigger, though. He's a lot bigger than uh, Elijah Mitchell's a lot bigger back, personal period. Than <coughs> he was five foot nine, listed 185 pounds. I think that's fabricated big time, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think Elijah Mitchell is actually a better running back than Matt Breida is. An overall running back. Let me let me be clear what I'm saying here. I think that Elijah Mitchell is a better overall running back than Breida. Um, as far as uh, them being frat, I think that's about equal. I really do. I think the more carries Breida got, the more he was hurt and dinged up. So uh, we've seen we've seen Elijah Mitchell go on nine game stretches. I don't know that I've ever seen Breida. I don't recall. So don't don't. It's a shame because that could be a dominant one two punch. Mitchell and oh god yeah yeah we got we got glimpses of it we saw a little bit of it we saw a little bit but man oh man would that be yeah, his first week right? back when he was out the next yeah um he says uh we need a safety and corner also you guys think Kinlaw okay so uh we do need a safety in the corner we're gonna get to those positions in another episode um off the top of your head Tony is there somebody out there that you think the Niners should be looking at I just heard Jalen Ramsey might be done out there in L.A. Uh-oh. I'm going to say this. Uh-oh. I'm going to say this. I have a gut feeling that Uh-oh. this is going to be. Ready. Let me get the gut shots ready. Go ahead. I got a gut feeling that this is going to be the offseason leading up to the 1994 season. Do we? The question is, did Jed York? No, what happened in '94? No, you can't just say that blank. Tell, hold on. tell them what happened hold, in the offseason. Hold, hold on. Oh, okay. Did Jed York, John Lynch, Adam Peters, and Parag Marate ride the elevator down to the locker room and said what Eddie DeBartolo said in that offseason leading up to the Super Bowl team? I don't give an F what we need to do. Go get what you need, and let's win it. Because I'm telling you now, don't think for one second Kyle's not getting frustrated. This is two straight years, three to four in a Super Bowl, three to four times where things didn't end the way he wanted to. And I'm not saying this is all his fault. Obviously, this year, Brock Purdy, Jimmy, Trey, all hurt, made it to the NFC Championship game. Um, last year, Jimmy Garoppolo, NFC Championship game, didn't have a good game. Year before that, injuries. Year before that, Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo did not finish the Super Bowl. 
Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you think Kyle Shanahan saying "F this, let's go, let's do what we need to do, and get this team"? Because that offseason, now I'm going to get into the part that you want. The 49ers went out and built the defense mm. to beat the Dallas Cowboys, someone that they could not beat. Yes, they did. They went out they and brought in, and I know off the top of my head, I can tell you everyone's name. Ricky Jackson, Toy Cook, Deion Sanders, Richard Dent, Charles Mann, Gary Plummer, Toy Cook, Ken Norton Jr., And I even think Tim Harris was there. And they added to the offensive side of the ball. Bart Oates. Ed McCaffrey. They drafted Bryant Young. The year before that, they drafted Dana Stubblefield. They had Steve Young. They had Ricky Waters. They had Jerry Rice. John Taylor. They built a powerhouse. Now, my question to you is, Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're I'm not gonna, gonna see just that skip. This season. You're not just gonna skip the part where they draft my favorite 49er of all time that year, also. Brian Young. That's that was, that was, oh, oh, okay. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Brian that was, Young, William Floyd. They they mm-hmm. built the powerhouse. Yes, sir. But can they hit it on the head and do it? They're gonna have to move money around. Carmen Policy is gonna have to. Uh, Parag's gonna have to get. Creative, yes, sir. but I'm just going to put it here. When they did that, it affected their future five years down the road. So yes. do you want to pay that price? Hey, I mean, look, we've been competitive all these years. I think it is time to go out there and try to win one this year. So with that being said, we need a safety. Call up Bates. Hey, listen, man, I, I, I put it in the chat. Like, it's right there. Just go get this guy. Go get him. Pull up Bates. Go get because him. Because honestly, if they pull a trigger for him, and it's all going to – he's going to have to agree to taking less this year, right? It's kind of like the Trevarius Ward signing last year. He was on the books for like $2.5 million, and then this year it goes up to sixteen. So it's going to have to be constructed that way. But the 49ers, believe it or not, are in a good, are in a good place because everyone that's coming up, Right. Next year, after next year, stop it. After next year, they have an opt out with Trent Williams. The year after that, they have an opt out with George Kittle. Then they have an opt out with Fred Warner. So there's money to be made and flexed and moved. And And then there's there's also a Debo. Debo's contract is up soon, too. Yeah. So in three years, there's going to be a ton of money. And if it keeps going up, the cap, there's going to be the wiggle room. Absolutely. So Absolutely. either it's going to be a quiet offseason, they're going to sign a couple huh? players here and there, or they're going to go, excuse my French, balls to the wall and get their yeah. people. Pause. Uh, you think Kinlaw is gone? Yes. This offseason, right now? Okay. I think if they can trade him, they will. Cannot, no, okay. All right. So he's gone. Uh, he says, be blessed, guys. God is great. Jesus loves us. Oh, sorry. Jesus loves you. Sorry. All right, Sean, man. Thank you so, so much for the super chat. We appreciate it. And then Christy has a last yeah, one, if I'm not mistaken, of the show here. She says, uh, and I quote, great show, guys. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Yes, Tony, we are winning the Super Bowl in Vegas. Man, that would be fire. That would. Let's be go, fire. Christy. 
I love it. 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 I absolutely love it. All right, man. Tony, man. Uh, uh, Christy, uh, Sean, Sin, uh, Javi, um, I believe that was it, right? Oh, no. Uh, Caesar, thank you all for the super chats. We really, really appreciate you guys. Um, Tony, give me your final thoughts and let's get up out of here, man. We can go home. Yeah, um, it's getting to the point. We're going to, I think we're what, 22, two and a half weeks, three weeks out from free agency. Um, hopefully, we're going to get busy on our end. We're going to maybe break down like our free agents. Then we're going to break down some of the teams, uh, some of the players at position groups that we can look at. And um, free agency comes first. And then we start talking about the draft. And that's it. So just stay locked in, stay tuned in, set your alerts because we could be popping on with something, a restructure soon coming up. No, I win, Christy. Uh oh. We got he wanted to have the last. He wanted to have the last super chat. We got a cage. We're gonna have a cage match. He's so petty. He is so petty. All right, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, no, my final thoughts, guys. Just be just be patient, man. Uh, don't forget that March Madness is gonna be starting soon. Midnight East Coast time from March 1st all the way to the very end of the month. Uh, we will be doing a live question and answer segment. You guys can fire off questions as fast as you can. We get them answered. And whoever decides to jump on, sometimes it's Tony on a car ride home from work. We don't know how it'll be. Uh, but whoever is on here, you guys answer, uh, ask all the questions you want. 15 minutes every single day. Uh, it's going to be fun. So uh, that's going to do it. I have nothing else really going on right now. We're going to be keeping our eye on everything that's going on in the football NFL season. The offseason is here. <laughs> Oh, oh, look at Christy doing her thing, huh? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let me stop before I get them in trouble. All right, guys, <laughs> we're going to wrap this up. Thank you all for participating. Uh, I really, Hi, really Sean. appreciate you guys. <laughs> we're getting out of here, man. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We'll, we'll show you guys soon. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, met this man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. We nothing but niners. We nothing.